Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments, so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Okay, I'm very excited about today's show because my special guest is someone I greatly admire. Her name is Lynn Janae Resitas. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Lynn Janae is the New York Times and international best-selling author of The Plan, a groundbreaking nutritional protocol which has been published in over 15 countries. Her next book, which is due out January 2017, is called The Metabolism Plan and will focus on the plan and exercise. She helps people reach their best health by finding their chemical responses to food, not counting calories via her book and protocol, The Plan. Lynn Janae and her team of doctors and nutritionists have helped over half a million people regain their health and reach their goal weight, all while eating over 2,000 calories a day. Lynn, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Well, thanks so much, Carrie. You know, I've actually heard about you from my fans on Facebook. You have quite a team of people that really love your work, so thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Lynn, I actually spoke about your book, The Plan, in my book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. But I know a lot of listeners might not understand the details of the plan, and some of them might not have heard it at all. So can you talk about what the plan is and and basically how can healthy foods that we might be eating every day actually cause weight gain? You know, that's the most fascinating thing. Uh, When I started off as a nutritionist, I followed the protocol you and I were taught. Healthy foods made you healthy, and if you started to gain weight or if you started to get sick, it was because of the unhealthy foods that you ate. But when I started to work in my clinic about 10 years ago, I started tracking people's individual responses. And I always say, thanks to the BlackBerry, the plan actually came into being. Because most people can't afford to see a nutritionist or talk to a doctor like yourself daily right? But I had people email me their weight and how they felt each day in response to a very elaborate menu that I'd given them. And I started to notice something very, very interesting. People were gaining weight in reaction to healthy foods without changing the caloric value of a day. But here's where it got even more interesting, Carrie. They would also get sick. So if somebody gained two pounds in response to eating black beans or salmon or Greek yogurt, they would also have an immediate physiological response. If they have migraines, they would start to get a migraine. If they had knee pain, they would get knee pain. If they had depression, they would immediately feel depressed in response to eating this healthy food 
then the next day step on the scale and have weight gain. So what I started to do is started to say, well, maybe some of these healthy foods aren't so healthy. Let me start tracking responses because I'm seeing 85% of people are gaining weight with black beans, 85% with salmon, 70% with tomato sauce, 70% with green beans. And that's how I came up with the basis of what became the plan, a reactive food list of healthy foods that we were all making an effort to eat, thinking we were doing the best thing, promoting our health and our optimal weight loss. And I was seeing the exact opposite. So then I said, well, you know what? Why don't I start seeing the foods that we were taught that are healthy that actually work for a majority of people? And that's when I came up with what is the basis now of the 20-day testing protocol of the plan, helping people find the foods that work for their chemistry because there is no reason in the world you should be eating a healthy food and have it cause you to gain weight, get sick, and prematurely age yourself. So for the listeners out there, I'll give you a couple of uh, my own personal experiences from real patients in my private practice. So I had one patient and uh, she was actually a personal trainer. She still is a personal trainer. And uh, we were working together and I mentioned to her about the plan and uh, she started doing it and she came back to me and she found out that every time she ate almonds, she would have a big swing in her weight. Her weight would go up like six, seven, eight pounds overnight. And Lynn, you know, right now, like the diet of the year right now is like paleo diet. Everybody is eating tons of almonds. So that could be almond butter, almond milk, almond flour. And so I found a lot of patients actually react bad to almonds and it and it causes weight gain. And, and then I'll give you another, for the listeners out there, another example. So I had a patient come in and she was not actually interested in weight loss, but she had chronic pain. So she, she actually had chronic abdominal pain for like four years, every day having abdominal pain, had everything tested everything came back normal. So we were working together and we got to the point in her treatment that I said, we need to start looking at the foods that you eat because either the foods that you eat are your friend or the foods that you eat are your enemy. So she started doing the plan also. And Lynn, she found her worst food was coconut. So again, just like almonds, like people are crazy right now about coconut, coconut oil, coconut water, coconut milk, coconut flour. And as soon as she cut out the coconut, and there were some other foods that she figured out too, but when she figured out those foods, her pain was gone. I know, Lynn, you get a lot of stories like that. You know, it's it's really amazing, and there's nothing that's more heartbreaking when people are trying so hard to do the right thing, and they feel like their body isn't responding. But what I tell people is when you gain weight in reaction to a healthy food, when you get sick in reaction to a healthy food, that's your body saying, I love you. Please don't feed this to me. And your body's talking to you seven to ten different ways every single day. And weight is just a really easy, measurable gauge. Uh, don't eat this food. So what winds up happening, and this is really what's the, the fascinating part about the plan, was remember I was just tracking data, and I was noticing people were gaining weight in reaction to a healthy food. So, of course, the next question is, 
how do you gain six pounds in reaction to almonds? That's nuts, right? <laughs> Literally. We were always taught that uh, it's a calorie in, calorie out. Well, what winds up happening is when you eat a food that doesn't work for your chemistry, the first thing that happens is a histamine response. And that's actually what we're measuring each day on the plan. So every day, if you have any weight to lose, you're on the plan, you're losing half a pound a day every single day, and then you eat something like, say, strawberries, and you gain a pound. And by the way, that's the typical weight response I will see to strawberries. That's a histamine response. But of course, the next question is, well, how does this stay on as actual weight? How does it make me sick? Well, after you have that histamine response, Carrie, the next thing that happens is you have heightened levels of cortisol. And as you know, heightened levels of cortisol do a few things, none of which are very fun. They're going to enact long-term fat storage. It's going to skew your hormones. And it's going to attack thyroid function. Now, remember, your thyroid's your master gland for metabolic function, right? So every time you're eating those strawberries or those egg whites and you think this is the healthiest thing, you could be having short-term water weight gain, long-term weight gain, skewed hormones, and slowed metabolic function. But here's, here's where it starts to get super interesting. Because when you have all these variables going on in response that had, to that healthy food, you're also going to be kicking up yeast. And here's where it gets really interesting. Because, of course, when we start to kick up yeast, we start to affect our microbiome. That's where easily 70% of your immune system resides. And, by the way, serotonin, your feel-good hormone, is produced. So it's kind of amazing to think that you can go through this whole negative feedback loop when you're eating a healthy food. But, in fact, that's what happens. Now, of course, the big Part of this equation is, is that most of this starts to happen as we age. So over the age of 35, we start to lose digestive enzymes. We start to lose stomach acid. Even our saliva decreases. So those foods and diets that might have worked for us in our 20s or might have only had a small uh, ramifications on our health are now imploding. So when people start to say, oh, well, you know, when you're getting older, your metabolism slows down, that's not necessarily true. What is true is that our response to certain healthy foods changes, and those changes can slow metabolic function and our immune system, and we can start to put on weight. So, Lynn, I wanted to ask you, in my own private practice, the... When, when I prescribe the plan or offer the plan to my patients, um, these are the three things that I, I generally look for. So one is the, the patient that is struggling with weight loss and uh, specifically their, their weight is just up and down, up and down. And then the second one is the, the patient that is in chronic pain. And then the third one is the patient that has done everything and is doing everything, quote, right but they are stuck with their health and or their weight. Would you say that that's accurate? And, and would you add anything on top of that for like who would be a good candidate for the plan? Uh, you know, I say anybody that's eating. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> 
because really even the smartest person is eating three to four foods that aren't working for their chemistry. And now everybody that's listening knows that they're going through this entire feedback loop uh, that can really affect their health and their weight. But what's really fascinating is if you don't identify these three to four foods now, what's going to wind up happening is at some point it's going to be five to six foods and then seven to eight foods. So we're talking about that basically by not identifying and removing these foods, we can start increasing a leaky gut type syndrome, right? And obviously, this is going to start pause, uh, causing long-term uh, health issues and weight issues. So there's, there's that aspect of it. There's also another aspect where uh, in our society, we're taught that if your weight isn't responding and if your health isn't responding, you need to become more and more austere in your approach. You need to exercise harder. You need to cut more calories. And I want to create a different approach. What I want us to start doing is to stop listening to the experts and the brain in our cranium and start listening to the brain in our gut. If the only time we notice our knee is when our knee is hurting, right, that's actually a sign from your body saying, please don't feed this food to me, or maybe you exercise too hard. And instead, we're taught to push through it and to try harder and to try harder. Uh, what this does, I feel, is create a real uh, disconnect to our body. And we start to view our body as the enemy. And that's why I say every time, if you're eating healthy foods and you step on the scale and you've gained two pounds, that's actually your body saying, I love you. Something you're doing isn't working. And what the plan does is it gives you the tools to analyze what you are doing in your life that isn't working. The plan just started off with the foods, right? People were shocked to see that they could gain a pound from asparagus or they could gain two pounds from cooked salmon, uh, three pounds from oatmeal, right? The other component is what we're doing with exercise, and that's where the metabolism plan comes in. Because I will see the same response from people when they're exercising too hard for their body. What the plan and the metabolism plan does is it helps you understand what causes inflammation in your body. And inflammation is the basis for all weight gain, serious disease, and premature aging. And what I want you to do is I want you to understand that you are unique. You deserve to know what works for your body. And the plan is going to help you give those tools. And it's very exciting to know exactly what, what effects this, what you do in your life has with your weight and with your health. For instance, one of my devil foods is chickpeas. Now, I was a vegetarian. It's actually all beans. I was a vegetarian for a good 25 years. To not be able to eat beans, to have one teaspoon of hummus, bring on a migraine, have my sinuses clog, and cause a pound weight gain is still amazing for me to experience. But that's my body saying, hey, this doesn't work. Don't eat it. And so often, whether we're eating paleo or macrobiotic or vegetarian, what we're trying to do is we're trying to take what I call 
putting a round peg into a square hole, right? You could be paleo, but if cauliflower is reactive to you, as it is for 85% of the population, if buffalo is reactive to you, as it is for 85% of the population, then you shouldn't eat it because it's not going to promote health. And too many people are out there trying too darn hard and not getting the results that they deserve. And the flip side of that is, is when you're trying so hard, you often cut out the fun things. So one of my favorite stories is a woman that said, Lynn, I love you. I found out it was the strawberries that are making me fat and not the cheesecake. And that's a pretty good place to be. I think a lot of people like to be in that place. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Lynn, I want to um, kind of circle back to the exercise component. So can you give us some insight as to how our listeners can figure out how much exercise they should be doing, what types of exercise they should be doing for their personal metabolism? Well, this is where it's, it started to get even, even more interesting. Obviously, the idea that you can gain weight and a lot of weight and make yourself sick with healthy foods is, is pretty crazy. But when I started to notice that on certain days when people were eating all of the foods that worked for their chemistry and they were still gaining a pound, once again, I had to start tracking data. So we started to do small-scale trials with clients that we had worked with previously, knowing which foods worked for them. And we started to test their individual response to exercise. And we used not only weight as a gauge, but we'd also use BBT, which we used to measure thyroid and endocrine function. If they were a type 1 or type 2 diabetic, we'd also note their blood sugar. And if they had high blood pressure, we'd also use uh, their blood pressure reading. And when people exercise too intensely for their body, or they did the wrong type of exercise for their body, we would see slow weight loss or weight gain. We would see their BBT drop, which would mean that their thyroid and metabolic function was slowing down. If they were diabetic, we would see their blood sugars rise. And if they had high blood pressure, we'd see their blood pressure rise as well. The simple answer is, I don't know what exercise is best for you. It might be kettlebells, it might be spinning, it might be yoga, it might be Pilates. Everybody's completely different in how their body responds to exercise. But what is universal, and this is where it gets super, super interesting, is that when you exercise too intensely, you increase cortisol. So what we need to measure is, and what we need to understand is, one, the natural rhythm of cortisol in our body, right? So you might be able to exercise in the morning when your cortisol levels should be at their highest and have exercise be a positive stimulus. But if you exercise at night after work when your cortisol levels should be dropping, you could cause an unnatural spike in cortisol, which your body then perceives as stress, and then you can gain weight from the exact same exercise that might work in the morning, right? So what I find works for most people, because most people lead, unfortunately, overstressed out uh, lives with just way too many chores and way too many deadlines, is that we might want to keep exercise on uh, a smaller scale during the week. And perhaps on the weekends is when you can exercise a little more intensely, but when you start to follow the protocol of the plan and you systematically test 
which exercises work for you. And I generally have people test three different types of exercise to see what works best for their body. The, the results are phenomenal. I, I find that most people can have optimal body comp with just 20 minutes a day every other day. That being said, Carrie, I've seen people gain weight with 12 minutes of exercise and slow metabolic function. So everybody's reaction to the stimulus is different. Certain types of exercise I do see to cause more stress on the body than other types, and that would be CrossFit and spinning and hot yoga. Uh, that being said, it might work perfectly for you, right? That's why you can see marathoners, right? You watch marathoners go by and you see some people and you look at them and you're like, oh my God, you have a runner's body. You look amazing. And then you'll see other people and you're like, really? You can run a mile? You look like completely out of shape. That's because their body is perceiving exercise as stress and it's actually holding on to fat and slowing metabolic function. So from a functional medicine standpoint, the food part of the plan, and then as you just explained, the exercise part of the plan, it makes total sense to really figure out for that individual person what works best for them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a powerful, powerful tool, and I'll have so many people that are over-exercisers that'll come to me and they're like, I need to exercise. I, I, if I don't, I'm stressed out. I'll kill somebody. And I'm like, of course, you know why? I like to use this as an example. Let's say you had a, a stressful day at work. And so after work, you go off to exercise, not knowing that you're exercising too intensely for your body. So you get that short-term boost of serotonin and you feel great and you come home and you unwind. But those cortisol levels, you, you amp them up just a little bit too much for your body. So guess who's more stressed out the next day to the same stimulus? You. Guess who needs to exercise? You, because you're more stressed out. right? So we keep upping the ante. We keep increasing cortisol. And oh, by the way, you're gaining weight. So now you think you need to exercise even more. When I bring people down to the levels that work best for their body, they notice that their stress levels are better. The hormones are balanced. And believe me, I'll see this a lot with PCOS. I'll see this with adrenal burnout. I'll see this with any sort of hormonal imbalance. I'll see it with depression. Right? We taper back to the levels that work for them, and everything starts to balance. And, oh, by the way, you just happen to be losing a lot of weight, usually by decreasing your exercise by about 50%. Then, Carrie, we have the, the flip side. There are people that don't exercise at all because they're like, there's no way in the world I can exercise an hour a day, five days a week. I've got kids. I've got a job. You know, I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. I'm in school, whatever it is. So they don't exercise at all. The good news is if you're not exercising at all, you probably just need six to eight minutes every other day. Now, of course, we want it to be a challenging type of exercise, right? If you're just slogging away on that elliptical, it's probably not going to be as effective as something that provides your body with a full range of, of movement. But whether you're over-exercising or whether you're under-exercising, 
all I want for each person is to maximize the benefits from what they're doing. And most people are trying too hard and beating themselves up, not getting the responses that they think they should be getting. And to me, that's heartbreaking. Because to me, that just creates a mistrust where we look at our friend and we think, oh, they can eat whatever they want. And I, I just look at a cookie and I gain a pound or uh, look at that person's body. They must spend two hours a day in the gym and I can never do that. Or I'm exercising to death and everybody else in spinning class looks great. Why do I keep putting on weight? The, the answer is, is your body is infinitely wise. And it wants to let you know what you need. And what you need is not what I need and it's not what Carrie needs. But you can figure it out when you have the tools. And it's so much easier than you think. Now, Lynn, we've been spending a lot of our interview today talking about the plan and how it relates to weight. And then we also talked a little bit about pain. Um, but you just mentioned how the plan can help hormonal balance and then are there any other things that the plan can help? Yes, well, you know, when we're, when we're going through that negative feedback loop that I discussed earlier when we're talking about heightened levels of cortisol, and really, whether I'm addressing it directly or, or indirectly on the plan, it's really about moderating cortisol because what cortisol does is it starts to deplete uh, our hormones, right, with progesterone steel, and it starts to affect our, our adrenals. We're already in a pretty bad place in modern society between constantly having to deal with technology and work and kids and trying to fa- find, you know, a work-life balance. So we're kind of already set up for failure, and then we're exposed to so many xenoestrogens. We're exposed to so many things that affect our hormonal system. It's amazing to me that with the book, when it came out, how many conditions that it was able to address. When I had people with multiple sclerosis or lupus or cancer, uh, say, the book changed my life. I've been able to put my diseases in remission. More important, not more importantly to me, but just as important to me is uh, depression and anxiety. People that are suffering from debilitating depression that are able to wean themselves off their antidepressants with their doctor's help. Oh, that's so fantastic. So, Lynn, I always get this uh, question from patients after they get done with a plan and they figure out what three or four or five or six foods, you know, are bad for them. Does that mean that they can never eat those foods again? Question. The answer is, unless something makes you go into anaphylactic shock, the odds are you're going to be able to reintroduce it. And that's kind of exciting. Very often when foods become reactive or inflammatory, it's usually because we've been overeating them. As you had mentioned earlier, the paleo diet and overeating of almonds. If you keep eating the same foods, you're going to start to build up a sensitivity to some of the compounds in those foods, and that's what's going to cause an inflammatory response. When you allow yourself to take a break from those foods, the odds are that it's going to heal. So I've definitely had people heal from wheat allergies, not from celiac, but definitely from wheat allergies and sensitivities. I've had people with egg allergies, uh, you know, traditional type allergies, dairy allergies. 
Uh, and that's exciting that you don't have to lose a food for forever. For me, one of my biggest sensitivities uh, was eggs. Eggs and I were mortal enemies. And all of a sudden, one day, I just started to feel, you know what? I think I'm going to be able to have an egg. And so I just kind of sat with that for a little while because my reaction to eggs were just horrible. And sure enough, I tested an egg, and after not being able to have it for 15 years, was able to reintroduce eggs. That was huge for me. So the odds are the body is going to heal unless a food makes you completely sick. And what's very interesting is that the amount of weight that you gain in reaction to a food is really a good indicator of how long it's going to take you to uh, heal from that food. So if you only gain half a pound, let's say from uh, testing uh, turkey, I'd say, you know, retest it again in six months. But if you gain four pounds from turkey, then I'd say, why don't you wait two to three years? But here's the deal. Instead of having the turkey burger, have the beef burger, okay? Now, so you're still having the burger, which is emotionally satisfying. You're just making a smarter chemical choice. But I very rarely see somebody have a complete sensitivity to a food for forever. So, Lynn, we're starting to run low on time here. In the last few minutes, I just wanted to ask you, we've talked about a lot, but is there anything that we have not talked about that you think is important for our listeners to know? Well, one of the most important things, and I tell this to everyone, is after you do the plan, and just to recognize in your daily life that one of the the best ways to stay healthy is to rotate or react. If you eat egg whites every day, I can guarantee you you're going to build up a sensitivity to, to egg whites. Every food has its health benefits, and every food has its potential health risks. And the way you can minimize or mitigate those risks is to rotate your foods. And once you find your friendly foods on the plan, uh, I know it can be hard to uh, say, retest them, but you need to. A a great story is I worked with this couple and the wife lost 50 pounds on the plan and the husband lost 100 pounds. And so I told them, you know, your chemistry changes a lot when you lose 50 pounds. So do me a favor, retest your foods. And uh, so, of course, they ignored me, right, because it's, it's work. And they weren't gaining weight, so they figured they were fine. And I had the wife uh, email me 16, 18 months later, and she said, Lynn, my cholesterol's through the roof. The plan isn't working anymore. And I said, wait a minute. High cholesterol is a sign of inflammation. Did you retest your friendly foods, like I said? And she said, no, I didn't. I was at my, still at my gold weight. This is the lowest weight of my adult life. So I said, do me a favor, let's retest the 20 days, all the foods that you think are friendly, and see how you do. Sure enough, three foods that she had assumed, and these had been her friendliest foods, three foods that she had assumed were working for her were now causing inflammation and were causing that cholesterol rise. So she lost another eight pounds getting to her high school weight, which is awesome. But most importantly, is her cholesterol dropped 60 points. So finding the foods and recognizing that your body is always going to be in a slight shift, but the tools and the methodology of the plan are never going to change. Once you understand how to measure and how to gauge your reaction to foods, that's a constant. And that's exciting because what you need when you're 40 is going to change 
from what you need when you're 70. But the testing protocol doesn't change. Fantastic. Lynn, how can our listeners find out more about you and where can they get copies of your books? Well, uh, you can certainly order the books on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble. Uh, oh, I forget the name of the one in Canada. I love that. The you know, oh, have it's, it's called uh, Chapters Indigo. All oh, Indigo. I love them. Wonderful, wonderful people. Great staff. Um, so those are great, great stores. Uh, you can see me. Definitely, I'm on social media a lot. I like to make my Facebook page kind of the Wikipedia of anything that's planned. So you could just type in hormones. You could type in stress. You could type in exercise. And a lot of articles I've written will come up. That's uh, the Lingine plan. And, of course, you can always check out more information on my website, www.lingenet.com. That's L-Y-N-G-E-N-E-T.com. I have a lot of free information on there, as well as updated days 1 through 20, weight loss tracking sheet, uh, shopping lists, all sorts of fun stuff. And, oh, by the way, with the new book, I'm coming out with an app. And that's going to make your tracking of your data so much easier. Folks have been asking for an app for about four years, and uh, we're finally doing it. So that's that's going to be really fun. Brilliant. Very, very good. <laughs> Lynn Jenna, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has been an awesome interview. Thank you, Carrie. It's great chatting with you. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Lynn Janae Resitas. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And I'd like to invite you back next week for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carey is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carey is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carey.